I neglected to mention two additional facts. Uh, fact <laughs> one is that, well, fact one is that I didn't want to ejaculate into a um, uh, airplane, a, an airline blanket. blanket, which is just, <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I think I, even at that tender age, I, I had some social <laughs> consciousness. So bravo for me. Hello, and welcome to Your Mileage May Vary. We talk about sex and relationships using candor and humor that is sometimes controversial, but usually in good faith. On today's show, we'll talk about temperature control during sexual encounters, a 42-year-old virgin, a gentleman who accidentally came into his pants, and more. I'm Keith. My co-host is Mike. Good day, Mike. Oh, hello, Keith. So, well, okay. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Give us feedback on Twitter at YMMVPod or by email at YMMVPod at gmail.com. All right. Let's get started with episode 72 of Your Mileage May Vary. Uh, do you have any patter before I get into those topics, Mike? Well, we uh, I talked with a a person who was able to identify himself as somebody who was discussed. Uh, I think it would have been three episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was generally very complimentary of the episode, which uh, oh, is always nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he two things he wanted to bring up one was so you may i don't know if you remember this but uh we talked about a guy who i I don't want to use the word required that's too strong but um i guess he and his partner enjoyed having him while he had one hand on the steering wheel driving oh right the other hand he would uh well i mean it's this isn't i mean this is what his his girlfriend really likes sex a lot a lot a lot and so he would uh spend a long time sort of edging her with his other fingers. I guess she would hike up or hike down her clothes or whatever. And, uh, and he would do that. And I think that I, or you had complained about like finger soreness or tiredness because of the notion of like having to spend hours doing this yes. uh, during a car ride. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to say that, uh, <laughs> a long winded way of saying he wanted to oh, say, boy. you don't, he doesn't get finger soreness or tiredness because, uh, she doesn't require, that much pressure on her clit. Okay. Uh, Keith. Uh, this reminds me of something. So yeah. I dated somebody who needed so much pressure that uh, I couldn't. Uh, yeah, like I actually, in fact, I think this is even worth it. Hold on. I'm going to go grab this device I bought to strengthen my hands and show it to you. I'll be right back. Okay. Uh, and while, while Keith's doing that, um, I can say that uh, it's not, uh, this, this person, uh, his, his partner is so needy of sexual contact that in not just driving situations, but other situations, uh, he, um, finds himself needing to, to do this. And, and previously we've discussed, uh, them watching a movie and actually there he found it sort of tiresome, but interestingly, in the car, I, I don't think it's exhibitionism, but he found it less tiresome. So, so Keith's back. Why don't you show okay, us? Okay, yeah. Yeah, thanks for filling the silence while I was away. Uh, so I had to buy these two things. They're called the Grip Master, and they have different <laughs> settings, but I got the the heavy tension ones. And so these look like uh, uh, you would hold it in your hand between you. With you. There, there's five buttons or four buttons rather on the top and one button on the bottom yeah. for your thumb. And you yeah, sort of push. You go like this and it see see how it has these springs and it strengthens your, your digits. Oh, yeah. Um, that's interesting, Keith. That's not how I would naturally expect that device to be used. I would expect it to be used 
I'm sure you have the instruction manual, but I, so Keith was using it where he sort of lays his fingers across the buttons on the top and his yeah. thumb across the button on the bottom. Yeah. And I'm, I guess I should say it this way. I'm almost certain the way that device is supposed to be used is to put your, the tips of your fingers on the buttons on the top. Hmm. Yeah. Could be. You so. can, it's, it's for, uh, <laughs> it's not for people trying to more effectively finger bang their girlfriends. It is. This is going to be for a person playing a musical instrument. It's no, it's for uh, mountain climbers. Oh, so okay. you e- can get more even, hand strength. Okay. Interesting. But yeah, maybe it would be useful for some sort of string instrument player. But in any case, yeah, yes. this woman required so much pressure both on her G spot and on her clit itself that, hmm. yeah, uh, I would get hand soreness from sexual encounters with her so i'm interested in the 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 clit part i mean i guess i'm interested in both like let's start with the clit like were Mm -hmm. you worried for example okay a worry i would have immediately with that is if i'm putting a lot of pressure with my fingers on the clit i mean i guess the tongue is right out like i don't think you can i guess Mm -hmm. you could sort of she did not like oral she did not like oral. okay all right not enough yeah i was gonna say you could trap it against your lip or your tooth to sort of Mm -hmm. give more strength but your tongue muscle is not gonna be able to do it Mm -hmm. the for your fingers, I would I would genuinely be worried about slipping and and cutting her with a fingernail. Yeah, uh, I don't recall. That was just this the was risk. a while ago, but yeah, I mean, I guess I mean, she's needed so much pressure. Maybe she would have liked uh, a little pain as well. Uh, I like it that it's a, it was a, a chore, while ago. Honestly, it was a chore. Yeah, all you all you have left of the relationship is this hand, this weird hand uh, strengtheners. Yeah, I kind of like them because. It's it's like a, you know, some people get these little stress balls or whatever on their desk to use while they're whiling away the time. I, I sometimes use them just for fun. Did they help? Um, maybe a bit. I think I didn't commit to using them as much as I was going to say should have. But come on, I mean this is a preposterous situation from the start. Like if somebody needs a jackhammer, they should probably get. A tool. Okay. So I, I did want to ask one. So, I mean, a vibrator, I mean, yeah, on when on, and on, I guess on both the clitoral, but also the G spot simulation, when you had to put that much pressure on the inside there, I mean, that like, mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like if somebody required me to, they mm-hmm. said, look, uh, I want to see what you can do here. Uh, I might be able to like rip a hole through her vaginal wall with my finger. Like if I had to, if it was like, you have to do this. Like, so, I mean, I would be again, nervous about doing some damage. You'd be a little surprised if you like stick two fingers in and, you know, do the normal come hither thing and try to pull a woman toward you. You can actually move Mm. her body, uh, before there's any (laughs) damage to the tissue. Okay, so so part of what's going on here is it was all finger. It was you couldn't get any sort of leverage that it was your arm or your body strength that was pushing. It was all sort of pulling when you were in there. Yeah, I guess so. Yes. Okay. Yes, that's important because mm-hmm. yeah, I mean you can see what I'm saying. Like if you if 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 I didn't have to kind of do something that uh, anatomically complicated and I could just push push forward, I mean I could j- develop obviously a great deal of force and do some damage. I think. Um, you know, yeah, that's not desirable, obviously. Yeah, she wanted the pressure on her G spot. So. Right. Well, I mean, there could be a man who's confused about where exactly that is, and then, you know. Sure, it's a good question <laughs> though. Like, if I stuck my fingers in, and instead of doing the come hither thing, I sort of turned my hand over and was scraping the bottom of her 
vaginal cavity. Could I, I mean, if I, if I had fingernails, I'm sure I could scratch in there, tear something, but can you like do bruising or something with your fingers? If, you know, uh, if you had to, I would think so. Yeah. I mean, I would, Hmm. I would think, in fact, I would think that that's like kind of a, I know that women can get pain around like their cervix from things kind of. Yeah. But that's sort of deeper in, right. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if let's put it's it this good way, that if you, neither of us have tried, right? If you were getting your G spot stimulated by, say, Eddie Van Halen, uh, who's dead now, <laughs> but uh, I think yeah. that guy probably would have the finger strength to do an awful. Or Alex Honnold, who's not dead, man, <laughs> That's the I famous mean, that guy, mountain climber. <laughs> sure, I mean, but uh, he, yeah, I mean, that guy could do some serious damage to your inner internal. Did um, you watch that movie with him in it? Maybe that's why his girlfriend tolerated him, despite his suicidal tendencies. A free climb, I think it was called. Yeah, uh, free solo, uh, free solo, free solo. My bad. Uh, yeah, I did, and um, I, I, I feel like, uh, uh, yeah, kind of an undiscussed. Am I right about this? That an undiscussed element of that movie is the fact that his girlfriend was really, really, really attractive, and he's right? autistic and weird. Yes, yeah, and so mm-hmm. you're sort of watching, and so yes, yeah, so you're watching it for that, but then you're like, wait a minute, can we <laughs> see more video of your girlfriend? <laughs> right. She was so nice <laughs> as well. Like it was just, it was like hard to figure out. <laughs> I remember right. every time I watch a movie, I'll go to the Reddit, the movie subreddit, and look to see what people say. And yeah, there were a lot of comments about this poor woman stuck with this insane man. Yeah, living in a van. And what does she do right. during the hours when he's just climbing? Maybe she's, uh, look, but maybe this is the solution. Maybe she maybe needs, his maybe fingers it's are that so woman. dexterous. Well, I was thinking just she needs heavy G-spot stimulation. Yeah. He's the oh, only is... man on the planet who can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Pull Excalibur out of the stone. That's right. He's <laughs> like, I need, I need the strongest fingers on the planet. Where are they? <laughs> okay. Was there any other feedback from this uh, gentleman? Yeah, people probably, even assiduous listeners probably won't remember this. I didn't remember it when he brought it up to me, and I'm the one who said the things he wanted <laughs> okay. to talk about, yeah. uh, which is he he said he really enjoyed the, the idea of uh, a depressed person masturbating being hate-fucking yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I thought, I thought that, that was, was good wordplay as well. I can't remember the context in which that came up, but yeah, there was some, somebody posted a thing about uh, I don't. I can't remember. This isn't good. Content. It was yeah. I, they had sex with somebody who they didn't like. Blah blah blah. People can go back. It was episode sixty nine. If people want to yeah. go uh, hear what we're talking about, it was at the beginning of the episode, so you don't have to go far. All right. Yeah. yeah I mean, careful listeners will also have noticed that we haven't done a porn segment for a while. Uh, new listeners, mm-hmm. we often watch a porn and uh, or a segment of a porn and then review it, but we haven't done that for a few episodes. You sent me a porn, but. You told me it's really good, and so I haven't watched it because I've been saving it for next time I masturbate, and you only sent it to me a couple days ago, and I have not masturbated in the last couple days, so I just... Wow. Yeah, I'm going for a Cal Ripken-like streak here of not (laughs) masturbating. I'm on two days, so... I'm actually just nervous about... I'm nervous about the, 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 like, next... I feel bad for, like, the next four sheets on your paper towel roll or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to. It's uh, gonna be get the real heavy absorbent stuff. Yeah. So we, I like the the problem with uh, watching porns on the show. Well, in our opinion, actually, nobody's really complained about it, and some people say they really they 
Yeah. Uh, whatever people people enjoy it. I, one person said a woman said that it makes listening to us watch por- the porn makes her horny. And I was like, yeah. well, that's pretty cool. That's I also think really unusual. But uh, yeah, it's the uh, thing of us watching it live and commentating as it goes it could yeah. be boring for listeners. Um, but yeah, we have this one. So so uh, do you want to somehow comment on it, Keith, or is it? Uh, no, you want to hold, hold it, it in reserve. I want to okay. hold it in reserve selfishly okay. for next time I jack off. That makes then, sense. Uh, maybe I'll discuss whether it got me there or not. It's too bad. Well, it well it's 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 a really high quality one that got. I just want to say that it it, it was there was this um, purge that was done by Pornhub.com, and this was maybe a year ago now, maybe oh, longer. Boy, I think it was longer than that, Mike. Okay, and and basically they. They imposed or enforced, I should say, some kind of requirement for more documentation about the things that have been uploaded right. to remove um, revenge porn and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, but, it it, you, it needed to be basically professional, and it, they lost like ninety percent of their content in the purge. Right, and so uh, this is one that was removed, and the, the reality is, this was a professional one, like almost all of them are. Uh, it's well, just right. That, yeah, the re-uploads, the, the thing that's complicated is there's just no incentive for people to re-upload, so they're gone. This one I was able to find using uh, uh, some clever, some deft searching on tip of my penis, the subreddit for finding things. So, yeah. uh, and, and the reason I did that is because I was like, gosh, I, I just really wish I had this one that I thought was really good. And there are other people that think it's really good, too. All so. right, we should move on because we're not watching it today, and this is boring. Okay, fine. Okay. This person says, she pulls the blanket over my head during oral to stay warm. I'm kind of tired of suffocating ideas. To provide a little context, my wife loves receiving oral and I love giving. The problem being, she always wants to be under the blanket. She tends to pull the blanket over me while I'm eating her out. I, on the other hand, get hot very easily and oddly enough, like having an oxygen supply. Wondering if other people have this problem and come up with solutions. Blah, 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 blah. Um... Okay, so this is the standard. She's laying down. He is on his knees or on his stomach um, going down on her. Uh, this isn't the most interesting topic, but I just wanted to mention, I'm a pretty skinny person. I have a BMI little over 19, and a mild circulatory disease runs in my family, so most of us run quite cold. Arousal reliably warms me up. And after reading this, I sort of thought to myself, and I can't really remember a time that I felt cold during a sexual encounter. It, do you have a similar experience? I do, but uh, you're the more active partner, typically, in the encounter. There's two, there are two things that make me think about that. I one guess, is that. Yeah. And the second one is, I mean, of course, there's, we can, there's, there's, a, there's a suspicion one can immediately have about this man's encounters. But I would point out that, yeah. you know, there, he, he probably is doing this activity to move her from the less aroused to the more aroused state. And so like there could be some kind of transition issue um, during which she's, uh, I don't want to say frigid, but cold. Yeah. Now, obviously there's, yeah, you could be the conspiracy theorist here and say uh, she's never becoming aroused, which is entirely possible also. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that was my thought. I mean, okay. So first off, in the male case, <laughs> The thing that causes erections is increased blood flow to your penis. Does the body have the ability to sort of redirect blood flow specifically to the penis? I guess it sort of does. I know it can redirect blood flow to the stomach during digestion. But my thought was, 
if you have an erection, it may be sort of hard to be cold because your body's doing something to improve circulation in your body. So is so this is this is a this is like we should we can make a little uh, a little clips show of funny anatomy, funny Keith anatomy moments. Is your is your expectation that the reason you get an erection is just because your blood pressure goes up broadly? So like any, basically your body's strategy is it raises the blood pressure in any part of the body that would erect itself <laughs> when blood pressure is higher, erects itself. I suppose that is what I was saying. Yes. Yeah. I don't think that's right. I think that there are, yeah. So there are specific structures, pelvic structures that specifically uh, erect the penis. And I don't think, uh, yeah, I mean, look, normally sexual activity is going to have associated with it, you know, it's exercise. And Does that extend? Some amount of to other places in the body? Like can my my body send, for example, asymmetrical blood flow to maybe my right arm and not my left? Definitely. I mean, I mean, an obvious example of that is that's why when you, that's one, this is one of the reasons why if you cut yourself, you don't just like, let's say you get a moderate cut to your skin on your right arm. You don't just die of losing all your blood. I like thought that was able because- to reduce the blood flow. I thought that was because capillary wounds- could clot quite quickly and arterial wounds. Like if you slice an artery on your right hand, I don't know if there are arteries that reach your hand. It depends on how, yeah, no, you can slice, you can slice something where your body can't do it. That's true. That's right. But you, right. I mean, there's, there's obviously like a distinction okay. to be made there. Like if you, yes, people shouldn't, people shouldn't at home start slitting their wrists thinking, oh, it, don't worry. Mike said, uh, Mike said <laughs> my body will stop the blood flow. No, I mean, yeah, there's a limit. There's a limit to this, but, but yeah, okay. you can, it can reduce the blood flow. It's not, I think it's not just at the capillary level. It's at some okay. intermediate stage okay. there. All right. And so, yeah. Okay. So then I guess I can imagine that it's possible to get cold, but I mean. I like the idea it, of it just being blood pressure in general though. So like you just said, all these like crazy things would start uh, protruding from your body. <laughs> I don't think it's 100% directed. Like to the extent the body can direct blood flow, it's probably you know, 60% that, and then 40% also your blood pressure going up or something. No? Yeah. There's some amount of, it's like exercise. You're going to get some amount of faster pulse, you know, all these sorts of things. And, uh, but part of that is just because as the more active partner, you're moving and so you're, you are actually exercising, but if you're just lying there, uh, I mean, I think, okay, you've never like been beating off and had your feet get cold or something. Yeah. I guess I have now that you mention it. Yeah. Right. So it's so this has it's it's, it's going to be half and half. It's partly the movement, but so you see, and and partly the some kind of uh, sexual response. And so she yeah she's lying there like she's not moving. Um, yeah. Hmm. Okay. That's all. I mean, I don't know what he should do. Cut a hole in the blanket. I don't know. I like that idea. So it's Ice then pack. we have a a glory blanket, <laughs> right. glory hole blanket. That's nice. Well, that's you know that is like there are are there religious sects or like I don't know if they exist anymore, but we're. The way they would have sex is through a, a hole in a blanket. I don't know. Yeah, I think that was a. I, I want to say maybe like Amish or something, but that's Who is probably it that not. Who wears right. the weird underwear? Is that Mormons? It's not weird, Keith. It's spiritual. Uh, it's a spiritual garment, which is worn uh, as, to show their deference <laughs> and fealty to um, the Heavenly Father. Okay, so yeah, it's the Mormons with the weird underwear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this person says. Uh, all right, this is a little dark, and, I, and I'm not sure. I don't want this to sound mocking, but uh, 
Anyway, all right, here goes. I'm 42 and am a virgin. I know it sounds pathetic, but the love of my life died 21 years ago. And I never had any interest in dating after that till recently. And sex scares the hell out of me. Wait, is this a man or a woman? It's a man. Ooh. Uh, Sorry, that was probably said and I missed it. It is not, but... Yeah, okay. Because it was more believable if it was a woman. I just, yeah, I just assumed it was a man. Yeah. Oh, you sure now? Well, let's keep reading. All right, let's see. Honestly, it's not even the sex I'm looking for. Just the emotional connection and someone to grow old with. Okay, that sounds female. But still being inexperienced at this age, I'm afraid is a death sentence and I need to some advice Reddit. Some some schooling as well. I also just had a stroke. (laughs) Do I tell them or do I not? Any tips for dating as this old of a virgin? I know a lot of people are going to say to learn a woman's anatomy. Okay, so it's a man. Okay. I have a master's Probably. in psychology and I have other yeah and I have other educational accomplishments related to pathology so anatomy is something I learned fairly very early on okay well this person is a virgin so they can't know this but yeah <laughs> anatomical knowledge is not particularly useful uh, as I've learned as I've learned yeah, yeah it's not uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you are you are 99.9th percentile in anatomy and well I've never had sex with you 50th yeah I'm okay <laughs> Yeah, get the job done sometimes. Right. Uh, and then he goes on to say uh, how the love is lifetime. That's not relevant here. Uh, just a bit sad. Uh, okay. What number of women? I, I, I think this person is right to feel some insecurity around this. I think if a woman got into a relationship with someone and they really cared for them, they would think, okay, well, let's give it a shot and see what happens. But I think women in their 40s are probably used to partners that at least have some amount of competence, some amount of self-assuredness, some amount of you know self-esteem around having sex. And the task that this person, the patience that this person is imposing on a new partner is pretty brutal. Like uh, I'm, I think a lot of women, if they knew before a first date, would just be like, "Yeah, no." Do you do you disagree? Oh no, I think there are some women that would romanticize it and think like, yeah, basically, I, oh well, you know, I can if I can be the second love of his life, then that, that's it. I found my partner, and I think that would be like this. This story could be appealing to someone. Okay, of course there are not to religious. Me, but to a I was going to say nut jobs or religious people who would go for this. Uh, no, it's not just that. It's like, even it's sentimental. It. It's sentimental. It's okay, like, oh, there are know. also, yeah, I agree. There's also <laughs> people who have weird mind constructs generally. I, I don't think that yeah. the, the set is zero, but I think the set of 20 year olds who would tolerate this is X. The set of 30 year olds is X minus something. And the set of 40-year-olds is X minus something minus something else. Like I, I think people might not want to deal with this. You're, when you say this, you're not talking about... I, I See, I actually think that a woman would be more concerned about him not knowing how to be yeah. in a relationship with someone. There's a whole suite in, that, of problems here, yeah. Right. Yeah, and also, yeah. I mean, you would wonder, like, what, what happened to this guy? What's his deal? I mean, what, like... What happened during those 21 years? I mean, maybe the first two years, it's understandable, but years like 
It's right. like, what happened in years three through seven here, sir? Yeah. So that's, it's, it's a little bit strange. Um, the standard advice, and I think it's good advice, and this is usually advice given to people, to men who are like, you know, 19 who have this concern or, or 22, or I guess like the 30 year old virgin, not like somebody this who's made it this far, mm-hmm. um, and this specific kind of story, but this, the typical advice I think would be actually to go to an escort and like, just tell them what's going on. So that way, and the reason you tell them what's going on, at least in general is so that they won't, you'd basically say, I'm not looking for a porn star experience. I'm looking for just like a normal, uh, experience so that I can like know what's going to happen. On the other hand, uh, I, I sort of don't exactly know what he's afraid of. Like he could just watch a bunch of videos and then, uh, it could be kind of fun for him, right? Like it could be an exciting, it'd be kind of cool to be that age and a virgin. It's like, Oh yeah, here's this new thing I get to experience. I'm sure he's been, I guess I'm not sure. I presume he's been masturbating, right? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, he could also be gay. There's all, yeah, I guess that that's like always an unstated, like we get a lot of, we get a number of emails from men where I, my first thought is this guy's gay. So, right. yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is a little bit hard to create a situation where everything else is sort of equal amongst other date eligible men in your forties and the only weird thing about him is that he's a virgin. Maybe he was married for, you know, 20 years and his partner suffered some sort of horrible disfigurement and sex was impossible. And so that's why he's a virgin. Uh, but he is I'm capable. confident that in, in marriage situations where that happens, like some really high percentage of the time, probably in the 90s, yeah. there's some negotiated thing where the guy has sex with prostitutes right. or something. Like right. that's just not, I mean, it's kind of funny because that's like, that's a great example of a thing where our society is just insane. Our society would basically say, oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. You should just be a virgin forever or what, right. whatever, be, um, what do you call it? Celibate. And, uh, I know that basically zero couples would do that. Um, if they stayed together at all, the guy would have some outlet. It's a little weird. This guy's story is a little weird. It's hard to understand how this happened. Okay. So I think there's basically no way to construct a scenario where a man becomes 42 and is a virgin and doesn't have an elaborate set of weirdnesses that cause that. Because a normal person would have various drives that made become still being a virgin at 42 sort of impossible. Right. And anybody who's watched the Maury Povich show uh, even once knows that some pretty odd slash unattractive slash messed up people are able to have sex. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, What do they say? Uh, Is it desperation is the mother of invention? Uh, People figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go on. Necessity. Necessity is the mother of invention. Oh, necessity is the, yeah. But desperation would do it too. (laughs) Right. I mean, yeah, you can sort of squabble about whether uh, sex is a, a need or a desperate want, but yeah, anyway. Uh, okay. This person says, I'm being ignored after he, after his came in his pants, but she means to say after he came in his pants. My friend dipped after he came in his pants before we were about to have sex. I think he was just nervous because he was about to have his first time, but he just left without warning after saying sorry. He hasn't texted or called me since I feel like he's going to ignore me for a really long time because he might have thought I was making fun of him. I just couldn't understand how it could happen, and I thought he was joking around at first. I know it's going to be really awkward if he does stop ignoring me anytime soon. 
Why would it be awkward if he's ignoring it? Whatever. Is it even worth trying to have sex with him again? How am I supposed to deal with the awkwardness now? And if it happens again, how do I comfort him that it's okay? Have you ever accidentally... Okay. I was going to say, have you ever accidentally orgasmed? I, I have. There have been times when I wish I wouldn't have, and I have. But not from overpants stimulation, I don't think. Even when I was a teenager, right? Uh, I, that is that is tr- correct for me. In fact, I I remember a, a kind of early experiences as, as a teenager having it be sort of the opposite, having having had mm-hmm. enough personal uh, access to various uh, video and other content uh, that I. Uh, yeah, it was actually the opposite direction. It was like, oh, I, I have to sort of like think, you know, get myself to nut here. It was like, right? Not yeah, easy. I would, I would have partners when I was in my teens, and you know, we would be like, what do they call it, dry humping each other with our clothes on, and yeah, you know, if I'm wearing jeans or if she's wearing jeans, it's just not that comfortable, right? Right. Um, well, I mean, yeah. I th- yeah, I mean, I was young and horny, so whatever, I tolerated it, but. I think it's, I can see how it happens though. And, and, and I should mention yeah. also that this, there's kind of a rather unsavory, uh, set of porn dedicated to this particular situation. Dry humping? Uh, for, no, like where a woman or whatever, somebody, uh, um, manipulates a guy's penis through say his underwear. And then he, it just, you get to see the underwear get wet Oof. and that's, that's oh, the yeah. porn. You showed me this like 15 episodes ago or something. You okay. Know? Yeah. It's just, right. Okay. So we watched one. Yeah. It's, it's a drag. It's yeah. It's, it's hard to understand what people get out of it, but I'm sure actually we have a listener who's like, that's my fetish. So there you <laughs> right, go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what a kink shame. But this is not, this is not actually, no, I, sometimes I do want a kink shame. This one's just kind of stupid in my opinion, but the, uh, uh, the, the person here was, it was accidental or yeah, it was not part of a kink, right? It was just, just happened. And uh, yeah, well, you always read that women are kind of flattered by this. I mean, the truth is they don't really care like men. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the thing I say uh, every five episodes or something like, you know, to the man, you know, his ejaculation seems like, you know, the world stops right. and, uh, you know, uh, earthquakes happen, you know, the world gets dark. It's just like, you know, it's like, it's like the second coming of, of Jesus. And for the, for the other, for the other partner, it's just like this, you know, finger of flesh squirts out some gunk. Yeah. I, I think for, <laughs> I think in a teenaged mind, a uh, teenaged male mind, he thinks something like, if I was hooking up with a girl and suddenly she did something where, where she immediately said, we're done, we're, we're stopped, we're not hooking up anymore, that would be you know, epically disappointing to the, to the boy. But for a woman, if the guy accidentally orgasms and he's, you know, and that sort of ends the encounter, uh, the girl's like, eh, all right. You know, maybe she's at, at worst mildly disappointed, but you know, she's not gonna, she doesn't have, as they say, blue balls in the way that a man does. And so some women do, but I have a question uh, for you. Do do you remember Do you remember, uh, as, because I do remember to some extent this type of feeling, do you remember kind of being, because obviously uh, by the time you had your first orgasm with a partner, you would had maybe a thousand by yourself. Many, let's just, many, let's just many, say on the order myself. of a thousand. Yes. Um, so were you, did that, you know, give you pause at all? 
like basically, oh, there's this thing, you know, usually like, let's say there are a lot of things that you do kind of in the bathroom or whatever, or at least some that you kind of do privately and you expect to do privately, you know, more or less the rest of your life. You're like, okay, this is a private activity. And I think one of the reluctances around this for a teenage or a young man is this is a thing that you learn is private for various reasons, right? I mean, it's something where you're, you know, you spend time making sure, say your parents don't see you doing it. People talk about getting caught and so forth. And then it suddenly becomes a semi-public activity. Do you remember being, having any sort of reluctance or concern about that, that transition? Uh, I remember, I mean, the first person I had sex with was living with her mother and oh, this is getting hot. <laughs> she was her mom was a attractive uh, lady. Gosh, she was probably hmm. my age. That's she's good. Probably she's probably younger than me. Gosh, hmm. yeah, that's that's a little weird. Um, but uh, yeah, my first sexual partner. The concern was finding a time when we could have sex where her mom wasn't home. Ironic and, because later, later perhaps you would have, and if you had been more intelligent, it would have been just quite the opposite. Oh yeah. There was no way <laughs> that there was even my wildest fantasies of, yeah, of scoring with her mom. Like that, that wasn't, mm, that's too bad. Uh, okay. So you, so you were concerned primarily about not getting caught, which, oh, so, so then you, which, which would be the same concern or effectively the same concern that you have when masturbating, right? You don't want to get caught. Yeah. Uh, but you don't remember sort of, I don't know, uh, hey, what oh, will I, I look like? What will this person's, essentially, it's yes. it's analogous okay. to, oh, I'm going to poop in front of somebody else. Yeah, yeah. I was a little bit, I mean, of course, yeah, I was a little bit body conscious or shy or worried about how things would go. Yeah, yeah. Well, and particularly, like, what was the first uh where was your penis the first time you uh orgasmed with this first partner i think the Ooh. progression was something like uh dry humping orgasm hand job orgasm blow job orgasm piv orgasm whoa, whoa, whoa. so the dry humping like orgasm is in underwear it's basically this exact thing yeah so Keith, yeah, but I feel like you're not being would, totally we honest were, with the audience. We were here. trying to do it. We were trying to do it. This guy oh. <laughs> apparently was not trying to. Okay, so you, I, I never engaged in this activity as a ever in my life. Actually, Dry so you hunting. actually had a period of your life. Well, I mean, not no, not as a not as an end in and of itself. You actually had a period in your life, however brief. Yeah. When for you, sex was just dry humping, and then you would <laughs> nut in your pants, and then what yes. would happen afterward? I mean, you just leave. <laughs> I burn my clothing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I mean, like, this would, is a long time ago. I, I like a plot twist. I would wear my sleeping bag. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it in the trunk of my car. Yeah. yeah, I yeah I um I don't remember. I think just kind of have a bit of a mess in my underwear for for a while. Yeah. Do you think she knew that you were orgasming? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Huh. If that just seems like so, do, do, I mean, on the can you give an order of magnitude of how many times this happened before you progressed to the hand job phase? Mm. No, but it was something on the order of ten. 
So it, it okay. might have been as much as 25, but it was more than five. And how many times from the, did you say it went uh, try humping hand job, blow job? I think mm-hmm. that was your cadence. Okay. Yeah. And how, do you have any idea of how many hand jobs had to happen before the blow job? No. Okay. I, the reason I ask this is because I, I'm, I'm partly being prurient, but I'm partly uh, because my first experience with a partner was actually a blow. Wow. Yeah. That must have been nice. Uh, she just was go, a little- just go, You're going was, from like zero to 70 there. She, she was moderately more experienced than me and, uh, well, I guess infinitely more on some level. And uh, I was, uh, <clears throat> I had experience through various reading and- as we've discussed, uh, just sort of general interest in the subject matter. And so I was able to skip those earlier stages by simply appearing more uh, knowledgeable than I in fact was. So I did not reveal to her my status. I simply right. thought. And so, and so, but, but so the reason I bring that up is that like, that was a pretty rude transition, right? I mean, I, I did have some, not qualms, but I, I was sort of, I was like, wow, you know, I'm in my car here. We were in a car. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, now, now I'm going from beating off to she's going to swallow my nut. And that did was you like, do, huh. Did you do anything weird? Like I remember- <laughs> She swallowed, yeah. I think it was for like homecoming my junior year, I invited out this girl and I got, my dad let me borrow his car and I took it to the car wash and, you know, I won- <laughs> I think it was like a, 1983 Ford Taurus or something. I mean, this is a real shitbox of a car. But, uh, you know, I wanted to get it as nice as possible. And they offered some sort of spray to make it smell like it had like new car smell. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, do that. You know, So they did. <laughs> and it, it smelled like a chemical factory after that. Like I was so oh. embarrassed. I remember I, I rolled out all the windows hoping it would like dissipate before I picked her up. Um, but it didn't. And I went to pick her up and whatever, she didn't care, but I was like super panicked about it. The reason why I bring this up, did you know the day that you were going to get your first blowjob that you were going to? And if so, did you do anything like weird with your penis to prepare it? <laughs> I didn't know that one. The twist of the, did you do anything weird? So I will say I did. And, um, okay. my, my experience, my experience was not uh, the most normal. It was, I think, junior year of high school as well. Uh, however, um, uh, I knew it would happen because the previous day or two days before, I'm not sure the timeline escapes me a little, uh, uh, I had, uh, given her an orgasm on an airplane. Uh, so my first time giving like a woman you're on an airplane orgasm. with your girlfriend, how old, how old were you <laughs> on an airplane? Uh, we were, uh, we were coming back from a school uh, trip. Ah, yeah. Okay. And so we were, we were on the airplane sitting next to each other and I managed to manually uh, stimulate her just with a blanket over the two of us, wow. uh, on the airplane. And so my success in that, uh, led her to confide in me that she regretted not being able to reciprocate. Um, uh, because it, it's just too complicated to do that in a closed and, um, uh, you know, p- peopled environment like that, and so then is it, it was very she could have given you a hand job. That's nah, no, tricky. It's it's, it's tricky. true, but we but but uh, but I, I neglected to mention two additional facts. Uh, fact <laughs> one is that well, fact one is that I didn't want to ejaculate into a um uh, airplane uh, an airline blanket, blanket which is just <laughs> yes. I mean I, I think 
I, even at that tender age, I, I had some social <laughs> consciousness. So bravo for me. And fact too, is that, uh, I was in the middle seat. She was in the window seat and on the aisle seat was like my best friend. Okay. So I certainly did. And so, and so I remember later telling him that I had done that to her with him present. And he really actually was pretty angry with me. Just the fact that I'd done that. And I, cause I thought it was kind of cool and he did not think it was cool. Maybe he was uh, jealous. I know. I think he didn't think it was cool. I think he was okay. like, come on, man. Like, don't, don't do that. And I was like, okay, sorry. And then, uh, <laughs> but, but he would have been unbelievably upset if I had, if the, the next activity had happened with him sitting there. And he also would have noticed because the blanket would have been bouncing. Right, 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 right. So anyway, the net of this is that the, uh, some number of days, maybe the next day, you know, it was very clear that we were going to get together and go somewhere that was not anybody's parents house and she was going to show me what she could do because she was sort of impressed with my i was sort of impressed with myself i, I did uh, play musical instruments uh, as a child and maybe that helped my finger uh, dexterity well uh, uh yeah. let's put a little tab on that for a second but continue oh and she was actually the thing that she was most impressed with was simply the fact that like i knew which structures to access on her body right like i think most guys uh, do not do the extensive reading and research that I, I know people, <laughs> at least some people come to this podcast uh, to hear about. Right. Uh, and even at that age, I knew exactly where I needed to place my fingers and what to do. And Impressive. Uh, generally the amount of pressure to apply and so forth. And so I think okay. she was very surprised that I was able to like accomplish that. Uh, okay. This is it wasn't a, a very long plane flight either. This is a, this is the right time to open the tab. Yes. Then. What percent chance do you assign to? I don't know whether she actually came. I think it's very high, very high. And that's because- hey, give, uh, give me a number. I'm going to say like 100, 99. Yeah. Okay. The reason I say that is because- I would say uh, 80, but- No. Um, well, the, I, sure, hearing the story, I would say that too. In fact, I would be skeptical of myself. The reason, I'll, I'll give you more context. Um, 80 is being kind, I think. Given the knowledge that you have in the tender age I was at, I think that's very reasonable. Yeah. Uh, subsequently, I had many more opportunities to do this activity and to see her response cycle. And, okay. uh, and, and, and that included, by the way, being in a position where she was on a couch and I was sort of lower than her. And so I could see the contractions. Yeah. <laughs> because I was very interested in this stuff even at that age. And I was like, oh, I can, I can see what's happening. So I was very right, confident. Right. Uh, and the response cycle was like identical. And it turned okay. out, and maybe this is right. by luck, I had happened to do the right things for her without her telling me. So I, maybe there was a certain amount of luck for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, th this has to be somebody that can that can come from that. Somebody who isn't uh, shy or embarrassed to be <laughs> sitting on a full airplane, uh, right? Like, she had it, a it had to pretty be high. She had a pretty high sex drive. That, sure. they, like she, uh, she was one of these people. I think this is relatively common. Relatively common uh, that, like, when maybe maybe you had a similar experience, but you see, you probably didn't in high school. Uh, she was uh, essentially, uh, if we we would typically have like trysts at her house right after school because her parents didn't get home for a couple hours, and uh, she would require that she came first. <laughs> I see. Like every time, every time. Good for her. So she, yeah. Well, and like she had the, a high enough, uh, libido that like she didn't, she wanted to come every time. Like I don't, and like we wouldn't have a tryst if she was like on her period. <laughs> She's like, no. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very, very transactional, uh, which, which I actually enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but Keith, okay. So on this, on this topic of the, uh, the, the, the 
your little progression uh-huh. through the hand yeah, job right. okay. uh, and to the blow job. So it, there was no point. Okay. So the, the thing I was thinking is that since I transitioned directly to blow job, like the kind of fear that I had or whatever anxiety was around, I guess just generally like the loss of control of the orgasm with a woman. I was like, Oh, that'll, yeah. that'll be interesting. Cause I knew there was yeah. like this period of time when like I didn't fully control my body or whatever. And secondly, uh, I, it was just, you know, Oh, she's going to have this in her mouth. Like that was sort of weird, but I think it would have been way more. And that's why I'm curious about this. If it was a hand job, if I knew <laughs> that's more, it's more embarrassing, right? It's like, this isn't, I'm going to pee yeah. into a toilet. This is, I'm going to pee all over myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I think I was less sophisticated in my thinking hmm. than I think I would have thought. I think I did think that a hand job would be much better for her than a blow job. Like there's sort of this notion of the bases, right? You know, so I don't even remember what they are exactly, but. I think I thought that a blowjob was bad in a way that a hand job wasn't. And so mm-hmm. I wouldn't I I now I feel like having my girlfriend give me a hand job would be significantly more embarrassing than a than a blowjob, but right. back then I think I would have viewed it as 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 superior for her. Okay, but it but it's interesting that you're putting your mind, yourself in the mind of, in her mind and her experience. That's actually not what I'm going for. The, the question is like, it's embarrassing mm-hmm. for you because you, not only can she see you yeah, uh, because her face is not in your crotch, yeah. but secondly, uh, you were squirting out this substance all over your yeah. belly or something. Like yeah. that didn't, you weren't, you didn't have any trepidation about it. You're like, oh, you that, you, and before that you were dry <laughs> humping where like it's kind of hidden from her. And I, I would think that for her, that was kind of surprising too. It's like, oh what's happening here, you know? Maybe because of the way that I masturbated as a child, I wasn't as sensitive about that. Or maybe I'm just not remembering mm. being sensitive okay. about that. But okay, yeah, I would often, whatever, masturbate, give myself hand jobs um, while sitting at my computer. And so the notion of there being some gunk that gets everywhere wasn't super unusual to me or gross it is now okay i think it's embarrassing is what i'm looking for but yeah yeah i i i was embarrassed about some stuff surely i just don't remember the contours of it okay i mean i think but i think this is at the root of this question of why some why why a guy would basically run away because he nuts in his underwear or something like that a young guy it's basically i think it's just i see yeah i mean like he's already got some embarrassment about this thing his body does right um in the same way that a a girl a teenage girl would be embarrassed if she was on a date and wearing white pants and like there's blood on them because she got her period or whatever it's not actually embarrassing right it's just a bodily function although i mean even like look any adult would be embarrassed if like something involving poop happened right you know be like you want to live your life in a way that you pretend for all the people around you that you don't poop and pretty much everybody does right uh mm-hmm. and so you know this is i think goes along those lines and so it makes sense to me that he would be embarrassed and i do remember having some kind of trepidation and i i remember when transitioning from blows to piv with actually the same partner uh having some embarrassment because like oh now she'll be able to see me while i orgasm 
Yeah. Right? So she's, it's moving from her. Yeah. Well, actually we transitioned before that. It was a lucky teenager, man. Before that we transitioned <laughs> to actually like kind of face, face fucking. <laughs> that was actually like, so she's like, wow. she's like, my last boyfriend really liked it when he sat on my boobs and kind of fucked my face. And I was like, that sounds great. So I did that. <laughs> and that of course did, but that did have the thing of her being able to see me while it was done. Right. I was like, oh, don't love that. Uh, but then I got over that. Uh, and then, uh, and then PIV had like even more, yeah. right. She could see me more. I don't so. have fully formed <laughs> memories of, uh, yeah, my, my thoughts of embarrassment and, and slowly conquering those. I just don't remember. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think it's normal. It makes sense. Right. That, you know, logically. Yeah. All right. I think we have time for, well, at least one more topic. All right. Let me read this one. How do you come to peace with a sex life knowing you're the one who will always have to start things? Uh, female 20, she's a, this is a 24 year old female. After doing hmm. a lot of reading, both here and online generally, I think my boyfriend has responsive desire. We talked about this Ooh. before. This is a person who only gets aroused after someone else sort of initiates and indicates arousal toward them. Yeah, but importantly, just as a caveat here, I've actually never heard this applied to a man. Okay. So I don't think I don't think he has responsive desire because I don't really well, okay. think that's, that's a thing that's for me. That's why I chose this topic. And, because, and, se- yeah, on, and Mike, secondly, Mike, 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 wait, let me, I'm not going to. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hold on. We've been together a year and recently I realized it was me doing 90% of the initiating. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we don't have much sex. We do. Just only when I start things. He's totally open to this and rarely turns me down unless he's tired. And even then he's really good at saying, let's do it tomorrow and following up on it. I've had all the obvious, he mustn't find me attractive thoughts. So I talked to him. He says, yes, he finds me attractive, but he doesn't think about it much until I initiate. I asked him to and said, I didn't, I understood if I was initiating all the time, it wasn't leaving space for him to. He said, okay. And then just did it. He did a few days later after I got upset and asked him what was going on. I saw similar, though not exactly the same dynamic play out of my last relationship. But here we go. I didn't Uh-oh. pan out. As he was, as he wasn't interested at all after the honeymoon period died down, and we separated amicably. However, I tortured myself in a respective and in retrospect handled it terribly. Tried everything you can think of, and all it did was nothing except prolong the agony. I'm now finding myself not initiating at all, and I don't want to start inventing covert contracts and feeling the cycle of disappointment and getting resentful. He'll have sex if I approach him, so I'm not in a dead bedroom. He's not turning me down. I just don't know where to go from here. I'm mindful that I know he loves and deeply cares for me and I respect him. So I want to communicate healthily, but I don't want to constantly be talking about things or asking, but why don't you want to initiate yourself? Because I know I wouldn't find that a turn on. I also don't want to be putting in all the work and I don't know how to align all of this. How do I come to peace knowing my boyfriend doesn't have the desire to initiate? All right. You can say you're. Okay. I don't unwoke. think it was going <laughs> to. No, it's not unwoke at all. Oh, I was gonna. I wanted to say the second thing I wanted to say about about this generally, which is that responsive desire is not typically. It doesn't have to be about initiating. It's that a person begins to desire when they feel desired, right? So it's like the core thing they want is to feel desired. Yeah, and so that could be about initiating, but it actually doesn't exactly have to be about initiating. It could just be like something someone says, or uh, meaning the. The initiating partner, there, there are various things that could cause the person to feel desired, and then that like turns them on. So it's like they're feeling desired. And the reason I say that is that it, it's it that actually reinforces the notion that's sort of unusual. That's not really a. This isn't really how like sex works too much for men. Uh, women are much more likely to be kind of desired in that way, um, and 
And so the point is that like you, the person who has the responsive desire could initiate the actual sex. That's right. less important than who initiates the desire. This guy honestly sounds like he's just not into his girlfriend or is gay. I agree. Yeah. I think that responsive desire from a man might be possible, but generally, yeah, I, I mean, you know how they say about entrepreneurs, like if they've been successful once, that doesn't really indicate anything about their fu future chances of, of being successful. But if they've been successful mm -hmm. twice, that means it's probably them that is uh, cause, causing the success. I think that's sort of the case here. Like if this was a one-time thing, then she could sort of blame it on the guy. But this happened with her last partner too. And that is... I think particularly damning in this case. Now, I don't know what she can do about that. There's nothing to be ashamed of there. It's just sort of a Oh, it sad. could be something to be ashamed of because well, it, it could, could be, be something it about be. attractiveness. It, it could, could yeah. Be. I mean, it could be like physical. I, well, yeah, one thing that I mean, like a way to look at this is like I mean, this is implying it's responsive, but it's not really. Like let's say if you if you're showering with a guy, with mm -hmm. your partner, and as a woman you do something somewhat overtly sexual. Like yeah. let's say you start rubbing your nipple. See, this is the thing. This is the thing about being a guy. Uh, this is one of the things about being a guy. You can basically, as a woman, do this experiment. You can do that, something overtly sexual, and just see if he gets an erection. Right. <laughs> There's no way for the guy to hide it, right? Right. Um, and, that's, and that's essentially his cue that he's supposed to initiate. His body will betray him and tell him to initiate. Right. Um, and a woman doesn't have to do that much, even frankly clothed, a woman wouldn't have to do that much to trigger even a pretty jaded guy to having an erection. Like probably you might have to touch him a little or something, but yeah. And so the, and, and what I'm suspecting in this situation is that if she did that experiment, uh, he wouldn't get an erection, which makes me think, yeah, he could be gay. She could be in whatever way, like not unattractive to him or just, yeah, since, yeah, since it's multiple partners, maybe not attractive. Uh, and so she needs to work on that or do what she can. Um, and, and yeah, he's just like the, the relationship's about something else. Basically. It's not about sex for the guy. What do you think she can do to get some clarity on this? Well, I mean, the experiment that I suggested would be helpful because yeah. he, yeah, you're basically, you're basically using his, you're basically asking the question and you can do that to a guy in a way that it's hard to do to a woman, maybe impossible. Like, does this person actually find me attractive? Like as a male, it's sort of tricky because you just have to like, you do really have to take a woman's word for it. Like, sure. You can do the things I talk about, like with putting your finger up their butt or something to check for an orgasm, but like just for attraction or arousal, it's actually kind of complicated. Uh, hmm. and so you just have to sort of ask them, but for a woman, you really can just check, like just, yeah, just like, see, does this give him an erection? Does this give him an erection? Sure. Like, he, yeah. He can't really hide that. Yeah. I mean, you need them to be naked in front of you but well but they're dating so i mean no no no. i know she can do that but this isn't like a generalizable technique that women can find oh. out if a man is is attracted to them although this the is generalizable, not that big of an issue yeah the generalizable technique is are you attractive okay then men are attracted to you <laughs> yeah and i mean it's not a whole lot of variance in the quote-unquote normal situation it's yeah i mean just flirt overtly right and 
you'll you'll get your answer very quickly and, and probably you'll get your answer and then some because it'll he'll it'll be hard to get rid of him that which is why women are reluctant to flirt overtly right but sure um, yeah yeah i mean she says that this guy responds when she initiates although maybe that's just sort of like an intermediate period and eventually he'll stop responding even to that i don't know I think it might be. He's 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 supposed to he's supposed to, he's doing what he sort of feels like he needs to do or something and maybe he's able to get in the mood. By the way, the erection thing is part of the reason why uh the the male the, the sort of fantasy of going into like the women's locker room would actually be kind of lame. I've thought about this, right? Cuz you would just immediately have a huge erection. <laughs> sure. You would, you would just be really self-conscious. Yeah, but I mean, you're already a man <laughs> Who got caught sneaking into the women's locker room, right? Like, not I don't necessarily know. caught, Keith. I, I was thinking about this actually in a men's locker room yesterday, and I thought to mm-hmm. myself, I wonder. I actually had this thought. I thought, what? <laughs> How minimal of a transition to being a female would I have to undergo to be in the women's locker room? So, I mean, you know, as society changes, well, we uh, live in California, so uh, <laughs> very minimal. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, uh, you know, as we have the COVID return to work situation going on in, in some places, at least. Um, and of course I know that many, many, many people returned to work long ago, but, uh, sort of knowledge workers, Keith and I have a, a leader. We're just, we're just sort of pampered by society we're as privileged. Yeah. But, uh, the <laughs> return to work situation, which really there isn't one that's, that's the, that's the, the end of that. But uh, what I want to say is that my company, uh, basically has a new office complex, which is never going to be used, uh, because nobody's ever returning to work. That's the preview, but they, uh, to be as woke as possible, and bravo to them, they have all unisex bathrooms, uh, including mm. ones with multiple stalls. Right, so that, that, that's it. That's interesting. So, so, so you could have a man and a woman pooping next to each other with. So everything's uh, a men's room, basically. <laughs> that's the way I view it. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> this is great. But okay, so all most of them are single bathrooms. To be fair, but that's, no, I checked that, and not all of them. But they have a gym on at the campus, and the locker rooms are not are not unisex. Yeah. So let that, you know, think about that for a second. So, I mean, they, yeah. wokeness only extends so far. Like wokeness, wokeness will never, ever have a unisex locker room that actually happens. I've long thought that the unisex, unisex bathrooms were sort of a, almost like a FU to the, to the mob. You know, it's like, okay. You want us to have bathrooms for transgender people? Well, then we'll just get rid of the bathrooms that are safe spaces for women. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and to your point, to your point, you you, you said it was sort of a stew. You said they're all men's rooms, and that's right. But what 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 really the deep meaning of that is is that, uh, and I'm sure what you intended is that if a bathroom has four stalls, it's a men's room. No right. women are ever going to use that, and the women now are obligated to use single bathrooms. Right. Like in other words, one one designed for just one person. Yeah, that's right. Correct. Or they have to go to wherever this gym on your campus is and use the bathroom right. that's hopefully in the locker room there. Yeah, they've they've just yeah. they look it's, more, I don't know, it's actually more hostile. I don't know what should be done. I don't know what should be done to accommodate uh trans folks, but uh making the experience worse for all women in order to make it they should they should figure out a way to make it worse for men i don't know how to do that uh i need to meditate on that a little bit but making it oh the 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 solution is very simple of course it's to have uh two bathrooms one bathroom is for uh biological women that is women who were assigned the sex female at birth and remain women Mm -hmm. i think everybody knows what that that is uh and the other bathroom is for everyone else 
Yeah. And same with locker rooms. People would argue that's uh, imposing on trans folks, especially trans folks who identify as women. Sure. But I mean, it imposes on me as well, right? I mean, you're just, you're just, you're basically, it's Mm. sort of, I mean, what you're saying is you're saying that there's a, uh, there's, there's a specific uh, reason and methodology by which you privilege, you're really privileging uh, the, the women that are going to be targets of sexual harassment, which is going to be biological and remaining women, women. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah trans, right. tr- men who transition to being women are much less likely to receive uh, uh, kind of unwanted looks uh, from men that want to have sex with them, et cetera, or, you know, and so forth. Yeah. We've waited far further into this than I want to. So I'm going sure. to, I'm going to, I'm going to move on. I've been, my hand is tired. I've been using this, uh, this grip thing while we've been recording. Hmm. Um, Anyway, that's about an hour anyway, so let's wrap it up there. That'll do it for episode 72 of Your Mileage May Vary. You can send us feedback or ask us questions at YMMVPod on Twitter or by email at YMMVPod at gmail.com. We respond to everything we get there. We pay a whopping $10 for feedback and particularly enjoy negative feedback since it can help us get better. So do your worst. Thanks to Mike. Thanks to you. And we hope to have you back next time on Your Mileage May Vary.